0: That is not our intro. That is the intro to the podcast. That is absolutely that is not. how I do that. We're intro. gonna take a vote.
1: <laughs> no one likes that. <laughs>
0: Let us know in the comments if you want us to start. Shift gets real with
1: holy shift. Shift. There you go. You like that?
0: That's a little bit better. All
1: right. All right.
0: So what are we talking about today, Mr. Snowden?
1: Today, um, I, listen, we got a couple, actually a lot of people asking us how we parent. They wanna know. They wanna figure out what's going on, how y'all do it. Um, you know, there's lots of questions about how we're able to parent and do what we've done on television and just, you know, how that looks in real life as it's exercised as we're moving through real life. So I thought today we would talk about parenting
0: parenting.
1: So <laughs> where to start with parenting? I guess we should probably just start at the beginning. The when beginning. our children was born.
0: <laughs> yeah, or even, you know, our experiences with um, pregnancy. Let's start even loving. before
1: that. I wanted six children.
0: You did. Mm-hmm. You I still wanted, do. Yes. And I was comfortable with three. <laughs> <laughs> so part of this journey is meeting in the middle. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, actually, that's an interesting yeah. point is, you know, I, I think kind of going back, because this all stems from the base of your relationship, Mm -hmm. right, and communication. I think what happens often is that we, when you get into a relationship and you're at that beginning new stage of love, you don't really listen, (laughs) you don't hear shit, you know what I mean, and so. Or
0: you hear it, but you believe that you can do whatever.
1: This is true, this is true.
0: You know, you agree to whatever, because it all feels good right now. (laughs) That's right. You want six kids? I can do six kids. That's
1: right, and then as you mature through time, you're like, yeah, actually, it's back exactly what I said it was, you know what I mean? And so this is why sometimes um, as you get through your relationship, you can be several years in and be talking about something that you thought you already covered at the beginning, but now that you're getting to the point of exercising it, it's like, yeah, actually I've either one changed my mind or no, I'm still that same stance. And now we have to, again, kind of, you know, check in. Yeah. 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 Except
0: I'm pretty sure that, I was clear on my stance. If I'm pretty clear sure on I yours, was absolutely clear. Yeah. yeah. And so part of the middle ground was, you know, our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Having another wife would supply you with the opportunity to get what you want as mm-hmm. well as get what I want. And
1: to be clear, because I want to clear that statement up too. A lot of people think like polygamy is about women being baby factories. You know what I mean? And I don't I, think
0: anyone has ever said that. I
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe you don't get those comments.
0: I don't get those comments. Thank God. Everybody
1: loves you. Yeah. No. I, I mean, listen, listen, I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, people think that polygamy is about just women having kids. That's all they, that's all their function is. You know, what I mean, and it's much more greater than that. So I want to emphasize that, you know. The way of living that we've chose is a benefit of that is having being able to have multiple children and divide the labor of children across the number of women involved in that relationship. And
0: by labor, you mean literally, 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 (laughs) (laughs)
1: literally, Um, but not necessarily that that's her sole function. Just want to be very clear about that.
0: Yes. However, you know, a lot of women are attracted to this lifestyle because. Child rearing becomes a community effort. Mm-hmm. It becomes something that now you have support all around. Right. So it's one of the benefits. Though it's not the main function. Right. Family is the function mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of polygamy. Right. Um, but having children is not necessarily. Thank you for adjusting my mic. You're welcome. My mic, <laughs> um, you know, an expectation. Mm-hmm. But those are again things you want to talk about before. Right. Building a life. Talk about them
1: and check in. Again, it's, it's one thing to just bring it up once five years ago. Like you have to keep checking in because yeah. people, we all change, we 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 grow, we 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 change. So
0: and don't be afraid to be like, listen, Mm-mm. you know what, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> and don't be afraid to say, you know, this is not necessarily what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and do that in a timely manner, right? So that you're saving everyone's time right. and energy, you know? Um, but yeah, so that was pretty deep way to start.
1: Yeah, listen, <laughs> but it's important to start there first. So with us, our journey, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about that, right? So what, I mean, childbirth, I mean, even before we had children, um, we, I remember you in particular, you're doing like hella research Yeah. Um, because you had a specific way, you wanted the birth I got a life.
0: download mm-hmm. um, pretty much right when we moved in together. Mm-hmm. That was like, okay, These are there are a lot of things that you need to know. And I was just like, what do you call it? The wiki moment?
1: <laughs> so if y'all seen Transformers. What number was that? Transformers.
0: I don't even know the one with uh, Wit... When he was... um. He was in
1: the college. Yes. And he was like reading a book and he was like... He got a download. Yeah, learning about the entire universe. And he was like...
0: <laughs> okay, whatever. It That's... doesn't look like that. It absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, I had a Wit Wiki moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And literally felt like I... Had to know everything. And so mm. all of these um, different aspects of being a woman, being a parent, mm. being a partner, a wife, just all came flooding in. Mm. And so within about maybe a nine month period of time, my consciousness expanded like exponentially. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I was, I won't say I was an expert, but I was very, very well versed in natural childbirth in herbs, mm-hmm. in um sacred womanhood. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. all of these things just came flowing into me. Mm-hmm. Um and that was necessary mm-hmm. before we embarked on our journey. And then well, it was like eleven months later, <laughs> Nay knew yeah, here's I was well, she wasn't here, but I was pregnant. Right. Right. Found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I just it's important to kinda have some working knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, before you just dive in because there are gonna be a lot of things that come up and you're gonna wanna understand how to move through that without Uh, fear.
1: And I think too, I mean during that time I remember I mean, well before that, you were already like throwing away my cleaners and I couldn't use fabric software anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean I definitely already had some predisposition toward (laughs) like the natural life. Right. Um but I didn't know a lot of things. I was learning as I was moving. Sure. You know, through it. But this was like a clear okay. You need to know these things mm-hmm. before you start this journey. Right. And it wasn't something that I was like, I need to know these things. It's something just turned on mm-hmm. and boom.
1: Do you think? Do you think other women have that? Because um, that's kind of like a premonition, almost. Like clearly, him, her, they, right, uh, whatever other people subscribe to. Like, do you feel like you knew that you were going to be pregnant soon, or did you know that that was like the next step in our evolution together? That, I, that, that, I maybe, that maybe that prompted that.
0: I definitely knew that motherhood was very close. Mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. I knew that that Even was, though you
1: never saw yourself as a mother before then.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that at some point, that's the journey that we were going to embark on. I could not have known that it was going to be when it happened. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, common sense would tell you, like, you move in with somebody, you're starting a life with someone, the possibility Somebody's getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah. The possibility is there. <laughs> right. That wasn't even the spirit with which I was moving through Mm -hmm. these things. And a lot of them didn't necessarily have to do with motherhood. Some of it did. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was, as you say, like a spiritual um, connection. Mm -hmm. It was like you were getting ready to start a journey. This is what I felt like was coming down in the download. Mm -hmm. You're getting ready to start a journey, and these are the things that you need to know for your purpose Mm -hmm. before you get started or else you'll get lost. It's Mm kind of how I felt. It felt, mm-hmm. in retrospect, looking back, like I needed to know those things right. in order to become the next version of myself. And
1: how did you know? Um, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because obviously the the questions. And by the way, guys, of course I know the baseline of what we're talking about, but I'm asking at a, another level of granularity for you guys to know. But um, also, I'm curious as well because now we we don't talk about <laughs> our birth journey. You know, what I mean, every day. But how did you know that you wanted to do um natural birth and have a holistic way of life n- even though your your mom and your family like completely are not in that in that way it, you know they just didn't you, you weren't born naturally i mean and your some of your family members have a different perspective on you know using medical interventions to aid in the ease of childbirth yeah. and so on how did you know yours I, wanted to be different
0: i um i think when you start doing little things you know how they say like marijuana is the gateway drug which is
1: that's bullshit <laughs> we know it's
0: bullshit now right but you know back then we believed that
1: right if you smoke weed somehow it's gonna turn you're into crack gonna, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: which i'm not minimizing that that can happen especially back when it was demonized when marijuana sure. was demonized mm-hmm. it's like once you have that high and you feel that and you can't get access to that mm-hmm. you're gonna want to feel that high another way so i'm not i'm not saying it's possible mm-hmm. but now that we do have access to that We can kind of hang out. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) Um, But in the same vein, um, when I first started kind of questioning my religiosity, if you will, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, when I made the intentional shift to take a step back from that. Mm -hmm. um, From religion. From religion. Mm -hmm. I also cut my hair off at Mm -hmm. the same time when i cut my hair off that was i was cutting off relaxer and you know what they call the big chop and going natural this was before it was a thing mm. this was before women were doing that and I, and I was very much alone in that process but mm. i didn't know how to care for my unprocessed hair anymore right. so i started looking up online like okay what should i be using mm-hmm. in my hair and i would read that olive oil and honey and things like that are actually good conditioners for hair mm-hmm. that is not processed. So I started reading up on that, and some of the commentary around that was, well, if you are putting it, if you can eat it, if you can't eat it, right, you shouldn't be put on your body. Right, right. So it started with my hair, mm, mm. and then I'm like, well, if I can't eat what I put on my body, then I probably shouldn't be using that either. Right. And so then it just, I just went down this rabbit hole of like, okay. Mm. There's this whole other world out there Mm -hmm. of natural things. Now I'm so grateful I can go to the store Mm -hmm. and grab something natural off the shelf. Mm -hmm. But back in 2000, I think it was 2009, it was Easter, 2009 actually, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. Right had To go to the grocery store and make my own stuff, right? Because the they market, weren't selling it, wasn't available exactly. Yeah, they weren't yeah. selling these these natural products. Now, I still enjoy and oh. would much rather make my own, mm-hmm. but back then I didn't have a choice, right? So that's kind of how it started.
1: I remember your making own, y'all. She used to put this, <laughs> she, <just fucking, laughs> she used to man. There wasn't a day that I would open the refrigerator and there's always some random ass jar or food container with some shit in it that wasn't edible, even though the container that it was contained in. Was a food container?
0: I was using what I had. So
1: I always had to ask, "Is this okay to?" Eat? I mean, I literally, I was, "Is this okay to eat?" Like it's okay. There it was like no designated shelf. It was just, I remember that phase.
0: But you wanted to eat all my potions, clearly. Huh? You wanted to eat all my potions because it was food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was all food. Yeah. It was all food. But
0: that was kind of the first time, and then we're going on the tangent. So I'm gonna turn the <laughs> truck back around here in a second, but I just want to say that was also kind of the same time that I started acknowledging my disposition toward the craft Mm, you know mm, sorcery mm. witchcraft and things like that because i realized i was naturally making concoctions and potions and things Mm -hmm. and you would always say what
1: is this potion? What is this
0: potion? My I think you would even call me like your little witch or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, a whole other episode. I yes.
1: definitely want to talk about that too. So
0: let's turn this trip back around <laughs> to the parenting and so how back does to this parenting. relate?
1: Yeah, so that all became our journey. And then for me, um, I, I, I expressed my um consciousness into parenting much different. Um mine was kind of mine was kind of born out of probably trauma, honestly, if I think mm. about it. Um, I didn't grow up with a very tight family. My family was not close growing up. I left the house when I was fourteen years old. Blah blah blah. and river. Whole nother episode, right? So for me, I'm like, well, I want a, a family with like ten thousand members in it, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this yeah. my way. And I want a thousand children. And I'll take them all, and I'll, whether they're from my loin or adoption, I'll like. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, so that's that's how I already knew that I wanted children, and then. As I started thinking about, so when I took my, for me, probably around the same time, actually probably a little earlier. So for me, around 2004 is when I got very, very heavy into fractal mathematics, quantum mechanics, uh, yeah. noetic sciences, right? And That's so, when you
0: were, you were rubbing off on me. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> um, and so that, for me, that's when I was like, children, is it's more than just you know claiming legacy and having my seed roam the earth past my expiration <laughs> right <laughs> having children is a chance to invoke human evolution like human evolution to me has never been about growing taller or being faster or more muscular like that's yeah. those are that's okay that that's i guess part i can't of it. it's part of it but mm-hmm. it's more about human consciousness and so for me having children to start where i'm ending opposed to starting when i started is the best way to again invoke that that uh, the human evolution. So that was always my appeal for children, and obviously being able to um, you know find a a wife a partner that that can yield um, that that consciousness, and we can co guide that consciousness together was the other key. Because you know we talked about in the previous episode my issues with um, you know sex. I've been with a lot of women. But none of them had my children for a very specific reason. You know what I mean? So I always knew I was going to take a very certain type of woman. Um, So you won. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) You got my seed. Oh, goodness
0: gracious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did win because I feel like you are, well, one, I prayed for you. Mm, You know, (laughs) Um, as I was transitioning out, there were things that I took from my previous religious path mm-hmm. and carried forward into this path and one of, the, one of those was prayer and the mm-hmm. power of that and mm-hmm. it's the aligning your intention you know with the magic of the universe and right. so I asked for what exactly is sitting in front of me you sure so why you think you did something I actually you did, did okay fair <laughs> that's enough that's what I'm trying to
1: say you have all the power <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but no everyone this is our son this I is our know. son neo go ask um auntie where well,
1: daddy okay neo we have to we ha- so much,
0: ha- mommy. Is. okay let's go find her go find her
1: go ahead <laughs> we'll chat soon Neil? go ahead Vamanos.
0: i don't even know what i was talking about
1: uh parenting <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yes so with that being said
1: yeah i don't know what we're talking about now that's hilarious so this happened by the way this happens all the time guys so one of the the things that we've had to work on that's actually a great segue into what we've had to work on in being parents is um n- not having contiguous conversation <laughs> like <laughs> that's
0: one of the life skills no <laughs> but
1: sh- like we could I, it could be a A 10-minute conversation but that shit will take two hours because it's divided in between (laughs) and i think having
0: to uh, develop a patience Mm -hmm. you know and a um ability to kind of pause and address whatever is happening in the moment Mm -hmm. you know and and that is when we're filming right you know um for tv mm-hmm. when we're filming for podcasts <laughs> don't matter what we're filming for clearly don't <laughs> you know, give a shit no matter what you're we're doing making ever. content for instagram <laughs> there's always gonna be something No, yeah. i interrupt you when you be here making your little videos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm just like it's a family emergency right you it's know? always an emergency
1: <laughs> but i mean it goes back to like we have to parenting when you just dis- when you cut all the fat off the bone parenting is a big ass balancing act um it's a balancing act of empathy, uh, compassion, patience,
0: and reset, and reset. Because you show up every every day is different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you guys have the answers, and you parent very well." Making blah, the shit blah, blah. up every day. It's really we don't have the answers. Actually, we yeah. don't.
1: We make this shit up every single day. Yeah. Every single day. So, um, yeah, it's it's important to reset and not carry forward any of that energy that may that may hurt or that may be uncomfortable and all that yeah. good jazz.
0: Just as children do. Yeah. Right. A lot of our lessons we get from children. That's right. Yeah. They. I mean, our children teach us a lot. They do. You know, and and I think that's one of the things that we keep in mind. We're always, we're always learning from them mm-hmm. how to parent. You know, right. and it's not that it's their responsibility to teach us, but if you remain open, right? You know, then you will improve your parenting skills, right? You know, I we don't believe that we own our children. We don't believe that we own anyone. We are here to guide them. Right. Um, they chose us mm. as their parents, and. We're here to make sure that whatever their life purpose, that we're guiding them in that direction. And a lot of times, that comes from listening to your children. It does. Paying attention to their skills, their desires, their needs, the things that they don't like—all of that, like taking all of that into account mm-hmm. and finding the balance, the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. I
1: and mean, then I mean, that goes back to when we started. Again, you know, we we've been very intentional about our children. I mean, we had uh, all of our children were birthed um, naturally. Um, the first Nenu was, uh, we had a midwife. We had midwives. For we a, had
0: midwives for all of his children, but Nainu was born in a birth center. Birth center that's right, right. Nia was mm. born at home. Mm. Midwife, um, she attended. That, right. And then Nadi was born at home. Unassisted. We had a midwife. Unassisted. Bang. <laughs> um, but she was not available or no, she, Nadi came too yeah, soon. Unassisted. Yeah. Yeah. She, no, came
1: t- she didn't come too soon. Midwife came late.
0: Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Because that's not true. It's not true. It's not Um, true. Nadi came, Nadi took her time coming, but then when active labor set in, that was the quickest part. Yeah. That was a quick, because I was chilling. I think I went into labor at like 1 Mm a.m. And then for the whole day, we were literally chilling. The contractions were just like 30 minutes apart. I'm like, what? Okay. Maybe this was a false alarm. Mm -hmm. But then the last hour, It started revving up, and then that last half an hour was just, like, so quick. Mm-hmm. And um, our midwife lived a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And, and, and
1: at that time, we were in Atlanta, so you had her distance plus Atlanta traffic.
0: Plus naughty coming. Yeah, early, yeah. Whether you were there or not. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was like, and I always kind of wanted to experience an unassisted <laughs> childbirth. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a nice medium yeah. of both because when our midwife did show up, It was great. It was. We were happy to have her. Sure, sure. (laughs) Like, thankful that she's there. Yeah, and
1: you know, I because listen, from a medical perspective, like I know exactly what to do. I know to you know make sure her body's not going to crash, all that good jazz. I think that the clinical side was very much there. But there is an element of having an elder woman in the room that there's nothing that can replace that. That because that made me feel. I felt like okay, all right, so I need some help. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because at that time. So we had, we gave birth, we, you gave birth in the, um, I'm just a cheerleader, um, in the garden tub. So you were in, in the, in the, in the bathroom mm-hmm. in the garden tub and, um, we had to get you out of the water, um, while holding baby. And by, by the way, the water, we had to make sure the water stayed, t- you know, warm. Um, we had to get her and baby out. Um, and I'm doing this all by myself cause the midwife wasn't there yet. So we had to get her out. Um, and she's very weak. Because, you know, I, as, as you know, <laughs> but as you can assume, like, it's a lot of energy being, you know, put out to to harness this life that just came Yeah, out. well, you
0: kind of leave your body. So, mm-hmm. coming, being physical again, getting up, moving, you're like, oh, shoot, I'm actually here. You, I feel like when I give birth, I'm in some other galaxy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's happening around me. So, to come back into your body mm-hmm. requires a bit of relearning really quickly mm-hmm. your balance. Plus, you just had a whole... Oh baby, baby coming. I don't know if I've ever told you.
1: you this, but like when you when you give birth, you um you vibrate, and it is like this um man, I can I don't know if I can explain it. If anyone's ever been in an earthquake or whatever, but it is this very low, just rumble, rumble. and I, yeah, like literally, <laughs> I can and I can f- whether I'm touching you or just next to you as you're contracting and as you're giving. It's like it is the most. Like godly feeling ever If you can materialize What God would feel like And this is why I think That um, if God had to assume a gender It would have been female Not a male that's a whole nother episode.
0: Oh. <laughs> we'll also lose some followers there. Baby. Yeah, I lost <laughs> some. Some all I'm, I'm kind
1: Sounds of followers. Sounds good. The yeah. ones that's
0: supposed to be here will be
1: here. Yeah, I pissed off everybody between my language, between my Juneteenth post. I've I've probably lost. That's cool. I got like three followers. It's, I got three fans. It's okay.
0: <laughs> and those three people, we appreciate. We appreciate you. <laughs>
1: um, but not like I've, I like this the, that just me be the observer of that, yeah. and watching you go through that process. And even though that is our third, we've had three children. Um, it just it never gets old. It never gets old, man, at all, at all. So you're an amazing, you're amazing, amazing woman. Um, so yeah, well, we-
0: can I shout out real quick, just because we're saying, you know, we've had these great midwives and everything, and I just mm. want to shout them out real quick. So, mm. um, the birth center in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. that's where Nenu was born. Mm-hmm. Absolutely enjoyed our care there. Yeah, um, that was the first kind of happy medium to entering this natural realm. Right. Um and then, when we lived in uh, uh by the
1: way, I'm sorry, one more thing we had it at the birth center, and the actual delivery position for Ashley was squatting
0: birth. It was a squat was birth a squatting yeah. birth um and, and just on land.
1: A, another couple of things and i'm I'm glad Ashley here, my wife is here to help because sometimes when we talk and advocate about natural birth, um when a man gives his opinion, it's invalidated because you know he has a penis. Um, but there's there's because
0: you don't give birth because I don't give birth. Not because you have a penis. Well, whatever. Because you don't give it, birth. It's one in this, but
1: it doesn't invalidate the science behind it. And quite frankly, the easiest way to have birth is not laying on your back. You know what I mean? You lay on your back because insurance and institutional property management declares that you do so, not because laying. So on it's your probably back a is the, liability for. It's them. liability, right? So that I'm just want to make sure that it's clear. Like laying on your back is there's no clinical advantage to laying on your back to give birth that is more of a policy thing invoked by again people that got to pay for shit if it goes wrong that's where that comes from so i just want I, I think it's Or more
0: it could be preference i mean i mean
1: that's different i yeah. mean if you prefer to that's fine but this mandate that you have to cuz if you go to a hospital they're not going to let you do a squatting birth
0: Some might now
1: maybe maybe
0: there are some hospitals that are that are on board with whatever the birth plan is for the mother mm-hmm. um so just the, i would say make sure that if you were choosing to go the natural route and you're choosing to have a hospital birth you make sure that your hospital advocates for you Mm -hmm. um, and that you have a birth team that will advocate for you whether that's having a doula bringing your own midwife or a doctor that supports your your birth plan Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that and then with um neo he was born at home Mm -hmm. midwife assistant Mm -hmm. karen um, out of Delaware, it's so crazy to say that. Uh, Delaware, we lived in Delaware, <laughs> but we Delaware. did. It was very close to Philly, but yeah. Delaware, and she was amazing. Um, I'll make sure that I write out, mm-hmm. you know, in the co- in the caption. Um, somewhere so that you can find these people if you live in these places and use their services because they were amazing mm-hmm. and then of course in atlanta it was mama saran, mama saran big shout birth out. in the tradition mm-hmm. um who was not present for nadi's actual birth but she i, I did all my well care with her mm-hmm. up until that point um and then she was with us afterwards which right. was also very she's, beautiful she's pretty quick after. yes so um yeah i had amazing experiences with all of my pregnancies i learned so much mm. um about myself my own abilities um but i think in particular i had a really challenging pregnancy with nadi
1: mm.
0: as beautiful as the,
1: emotionally was it emotional well was it was a little bit of both okay.
0: as beautiful as the um birth experiences were mm. the pregnancy with nadi in particular um was challenging because i had gestational diabetes diabetes yeah and mm-hmm. that one it, it angered me because mm-hmm. it was not a part of my birth plan <laughs> I had never experienced that yeah. I didn't do the research for gestational diabetes before that because it was not something that I thought I would ever have to deal with right. um, and that was angering for me
1: yeah and just again for some background um, gestational diabetes is obviously a form of diabetes that takes place or is present um, during um, pregnancy, mm-hmm. and you may not have had diabetes before then, but the onset of pregnancy um, we can bring that on, and it could persist after. But typically, it's just inside of the the pregnancy yeah. um, time, and it could affect both you and, and the baby. baby. That's correct.
0: So naughty was a bigger baby; she, she was, was born three weeks early, mm-hmm. but she was at the about at the weight that Neo was full term. Yeah. So I thank her <laughs> for coming when she did, because mm-hmm. that would have been a Big old baby, <laughs> that I'm sure I would have been able to still birth, but maybe not with the same intact <laughs>
1: vaginal area. You're good, bro. You're good. <laughs>
0: My yoni is intact because she came when she did. So thank you, Nadi. Um, but seriously, it was one of the things that you know I had to have a little bit more care than I had previously. Mm-hmm. So it was. In addition to Mama Saran, I was also seeing a specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't like that. I had to have a few more ultrasounds that I would have liked to have. Like, things like that. And then I had to prick my fingers, y'all. Yeah, that shit was right. This was just not somebody that's natural and someone's healthy and all these things. This did not feel like Mm. it was supposed to be my story. You're a demigod. Like, how does this happen? How is this my story? But, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to learn acceptance and take the lesson from it, you know, and a humility quite frankly right. cuz anything can happen. Birth is not it's a very natural process. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, you got to you got to take care of yourself. And I yeah. think that was part of the reason why the gestational diabetes came on because I was dealing with some outside stress at the time. Yeah. Um I my eating habits changed. Mm-hmm. I was waking up and I would literally go two or so hours before I ate. Yeah. So my blood sugar, you know, would spike mm-hmm. because I wasn't. As soon as you ate. Yeah, yep. as soon as I yeah. ate. Was, and so I found this out because when I went to get my initial um, your blood work, blood work mm-hmm. done, which is important, by the way, so you can make sure that you your vitamin level, your nutrient levels are where they're supposed to be and that there aren't issues like gestational diabetes. But I kept failing my glucose test. Mm-hmm. And I'm like how I don't even eat sugar. Like <laughs> right. I'm so healthy. This is not, you know, mm. and I I just was ignorant to how it happened and they explained that a lot of healthy people actually have this issue. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people that are yogis and, you know, mm. exercise it's because of the disordered eating that happens. The cadence that okay. you have to break that fast
1: so it's it's it, which is why it's called breakfast and again this is we can get into a whole nother episode which is dietary <laughs> stuff I know so much to cover <laughs> um, but um, yeah listen guys you know we that's why we want to that's another reason why we enjoy this podcast because we want to again try to provide a level of um, education that will hopefully then um, build a layer of empathy around people because it's very easy to cast people away when They have a sickness or illness and be like, ah, well, that's just lazy. Ah, but there's other factors. There's other factors that can, or affect.
0: when people are very intentional about how they eat, people mm-hmm. like to hate too. Like, why she knew that alkaline diet, right? You right. know, it's like there's a reason, there's a reason. for all of it's this. It's not a control
1: drama, okay? you right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's this other, there's lots of other reasons yeah. why um, we have made the decisions to live the way we do. And bringing it back to the topic of this this um, episode, <laughs> parenting. <laughs> parenting, going off on tangents. No, this is good though. I mean, this is this is this is part of our journey, and um, yeah, I mean, and for me, it was important to you know support you during all of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm.
0: You would have to actually do it for me at first when I yeah, had to poke my fingers because yeah. I was afraid to poke myself yeah. with mm-hmm. the needles. Um, I eventually, like, I could feel it now that mm-hmm. feeling that mm-hmm. I would feel when I have to yeah. do that, but again it was it brought a level of understanding awareness um and humility to myself that yeah. i did not know yeah. was missing yeah. and i have so much respect for women anyway but this just brought it like full circle because yeah. i wasn't aware that gestational diabetes was something that healthy people the can experience did you know it's really a thing
1: and and in, for me just being the man i mean it's one of these you know, for, for a lot of...
0: It's, it's so funny. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what? Because you, you said you didn't even know it was not really a thing. Yeah. Because there were a few times where you're like, I don't think you really have it. And I wanted to accept that. Yeah, I'm like... Because you know, like, like, it didn't make any sense. I'm like, you don't... I do that wanted shit, to accept that so bad, but I'm like, no, like I, I, I like, do. Because
1: I'm like, she don't... I'm like, no, we don't, we don't... We don't. We literally don't eat sugar. We literally... You cannot find a And it has nothing to do with sugar. ...iota of... Can affectionate the sugar in the house like yeah. at all, and so,
0: and, I, and it had nothing to do with that. Actually, it was funny because in particular, I did not crave sweets with Nadia mm-hmm. at all. I actually didn't even want fruit. You didn't. So it was, it was, it was one of strange. those things. It was just like how didn't those a thing? and We again, had some learning to do. It
1: exposed the naivety that oh, you know, sugar is is directly correlated to diabetes. Just because I don't have sugar doesn't mean she can't have. It was just like this whole new unlearn and relearn thing. And as a man. You know, there's not much I can do except support her, except, you know, cook if I can, you know, provide comfort for your body. Um, I try to keep the environment as peaceful as, po- as possible. Um, but during that time, there's nothing I could do. I mean, I just had to, you know, help prick your finger. Um, but it's, yeah. it, you know,
0: I... Or I, let I, me lay around all day because I just felt miserable that too. that's too. <laughs> and that's
1: fine. And just, you know, for men, I want men to, um, to be... But I don't understand... This whole other episode like I, this is why I have a challenge getting along with men because there are a lot of men, um, that are very divorced from the pregnancy process, they're very big to claim that this is my child and I did this, and we, you know, but the whole like, where are you at during that whole time, and is your contribution to her? Or um, supporting is it,
0: her choices. Yeah,
1: exactly. Within. Or or you whatever choices you guys have co-authored together. Right. Well,
0: it's funny because I get a lot of um, messages in my inbox sometimes mm-hmm. talking about how you know the woman doesn't feel supported. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. She wants to have a natural birth, but maybe the, the husband doesn't. Yeah, And so then the do? level of stress yeah. that is created because he doesn't want to support her choices. is like, yeah, what do you do when you're in a partnership like right. that? You know, where the there's a divergent energy around Just, something that really is her decision at the end of the day. But because they're in a relationship together, mm-hmm. they should be supporting.
1: You think it. it's only her decision?
0: I think she has the ultimate decision, yes.
1: Interesting. I do. Just sip my tea.
0: <laughs> I think she has the ultimate decision because she's the one that needs to be the most comforted during this, this time. I, I agree. How with that. can it be? Some, how can be? How can it be his choice right. if he's not the one that, that has to? Be has comfortable. to this yes. is true. I
1: agree. With, I do agree with that. Um, I just I hope that within that there's consideration for for both. But obviously, with her comfort taking precedence. Well,
0: for example, a woman that wants to do an unassisted birth mm-hmm. and her and wants her husband to show up to something that he's like, oh. A happy medium for me mm-hmm. would be to have a midwife. Of course. She can stand back and watch, but mm-hmm. she's really there to support him. Right. Because he is having to experience mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. with her. So I, yeah. those types of things I understand. But in terms yeah. of like her actual body yeah. and the, and the process, yeah. at the end of the day, it's her. It is. Yeah. And
1: I and to your point, I mean, I get inboxes from women saying, I wish my husband would do what you do. And I, I feel bad because I don't see what I'm doing as extraordinary. I think it's what the like it's exactly what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. Like, how can you not? So I don't know yeah. what it means. For, I don't know how um, a man could not be available. And I, I don't. I don't give a shit if you work 14 hours a day. I don't give a shit if you work 24 hours a day.
0: Yeah.
1: How can you not still take 20 minutes to rub? your wife's feet or the your, you know the child of your mother's feet like I don't
0: Well if they don't have a relationship That's a child of your mother. Mother of your I child. I you, meant. I think they knew what you <laughs> meant. Too. Mother of your child or whatever. I don't even Um but it goes back to the relationship because a lot of people mm, are having children and their relationship between each other is solid. not solid. Yeah. So why would this person want to have anything to do with you?
1: But even then why is it about the person? Like okay, I don't like you no more. But this people, child still has to have the best chance to succeed. Some right? people
0: don't have that level of maturity.
1: That's crazy. So anyway, I know we have got to get back to our story. Um, I know we have super tangents. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. But so we've had um, all these natural births, and you know, as we actually as have, I, and I have always been in constant contact and communication about um, you know what it looks like to raise our children. Yeah. Um, and for you know some of the things, for example, like we don't want to. Um, I, I'm not going to circumcise. We're not going to circumcise our son. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to do that. I don't believe. I think the foreskin on the penis is completely fine. I think it is. It is not impeding upon anything. Um, there's enough. And by the way, I don't want to get into a pissing contest. Or I, actually, let me say it this way: There's. A, it's easy to get into a pissing contest about what science says, because at the end of the day, you can find enough science to to support anyone's bias or opinion. Um, but I'm. I'm on the side of science that um, underscores the fact that removing the foreskin doesn't change anything. Um, I've had people, I've had extensive conversations with both men and women, specifically ones from a religious background, talking about how, first of all, it's unclean from a religious perspective. But then they talk about, like, you know, well, your son's going to have a a stinky penis. I'm like, what do you, like, no, you teach your son how to wash their dick. (laughs) Like, why? I don't, like, so if you have extra skin all of a sudden, now it's going to stink automatically by itself. It's like, it's like saying. Well,
0: and then stink, what does that even mean? Because maybe it does have a different smell. Just like, People think that a vagina or a yoni is supposed to smell like flowers, and it's not. So it's also what you think about smells and body (laughs) scents and body odor. Which can also some stuff is normal Mm -hmm. smell and it's supposed to have a scent, and then some stuff is like, okay, that's not a normal smell. Right. You know. So yeah, if if somebody has a smell, Mm -hmm. then you gotta understand what that smell is and why. Right. So it's it's deeper than just you know. I mean, there's just there's a lot. It's of stupidness.
1: Stuff. It's stupidness. But again, we so we've you know we're not going to circumcise our son. And back to cleanliness, I'm like, you know, cutting off skin because you think it's less hygienic is as stupid as saying, well, I you know my parallel to that is like under your women have to wash under their breasts. If you have large breasts, you have to wash under your breasts, right? If you don't, it's going to stink. <laughs> It's the same thing with the penis. Like you pull back the foreskin.
0: Wash all parts of your body except your ass.
1: Yeah, you gotta get in there. You gotta get in there. (laughs) Or
0: behind your ears. All that
1: shit. It will stink. So we're not going to circumcise our child, Neo, our our baby boy, any son, um, if he wants to do that later. And because science is so advanced, if he wants to do that because he wants his penis to look a certain way, he can go ahead and do that. Um, Our daughters or sons, if they want to get their body pierced, I'm not. I'm not doing that um it's their choice so when they're old enough but they knew is six now she kind of wants her ears pierced okay she can get her ears pierced because she knows that she wants her ears pierced and we'll talk about what that looks like whether that's to the body and it's her choice again we don't own our children like we don't own it so um i really appreciate that you and i've been on the same page on that
0: well these are things that we've discussed prior to i right. mean we can't obviously discuss Everything, every single right. thing but a lot of the heavy lifting we've already done because we want to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. We want to be on the same page and make sure that as we're moving forward mm-hmm. or moving so in unison, there are going to be a lot of things that we don't agree on, though. Right. And those things we kind of spend some time you know, talking about. Like right. discipline, for example. Right. We talk a lot about what that looks like and what we believe. Mm-hmm. And right now we're getting to a point because – Our children are getting a little bit older. Neo in particular Mm. um, is, you know, he just has a certain way of showing up to the world every day. And I tend to be more of a talker. Let's Mm. talk about this now he'd
1: be running your ass Just i don't it. think he runs he me. he runs your ass i don't think he runs me Man. that's
0: your perception of my interaction Listen, with this
1: him. little boy is four years old they, they will have like an entire 10 minute dialogue about why he's not gonna do something that's which too is much good talking. no
0: he's but he's also understanding
1: okay
0: <laughs> and building reason right Because I'm talking to him about why it can't be that way. Not just because I said so. I I agree. Which, honestly, I'm not even bashing people that do that. Because Mm -hmm. guess what? It gets it done quicker. Mm -hmm. And then your stress levels can mellow out faster. Mm -hmm. I have to be hella freaking... Conscious and like literally meditate in the middle of having these conversations because I feel my see, stress levels rising. Yeah, because he's not doing what I want him to do at that moment. Just sit down and be quiet. Right. That's, That's really what way. I want you to do. <laughs> right. But how immature is that? Yeah.
1: It's very, well, and this I can't, man. This we might have to make this like a really long podcast. Um, I got to make lunch. Yeah, make lunch. I'm this 100. is true. But I mean, yeah, it's it. it you know. You're, and I think this is, you and I talk about it, and I think because we come out it from two different ways, it's a, it's a healthy blend. Um, Ashley does talk a bit more to the children. I do talk, I just don't talk as long or as much. So, and I'm being facetious about 10 minutes, but she will have a longer conversation with them around a particular task or direction, whereas I will ask you one time, if there's pushback, I'll give an explanation one time. I'll give one more redirection and like I'm done. At that point, I'm done with the conversation and now I'm going to be more firm. Yeah. Um but that's just because I, I feel like um at that point they're belaboring the effort to
0: not <laughs> to not do it. I think both are necessary. I agree. I think I both agree. are necessary. Well, one, I think it's just a natural masculine power mm-hmm. that you kind of present when you're dealing sure, with them. Sure. You know, it's dad. Yeah. We know what that looks like. When right. most times, I'm sure there are s- plenty of exceptions, mm-hmm. but when a dad says something, it goes over much quicker and easier than when a mom says something. Right. It could be because moms are, you know, all doing the same thing that I'm doing. Right. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna. We're the nurturers, right? Why do babies
1: just become tone deaf from hearing your voice
0: all it the could, time? It could, and sometimes is yeah. often that too. And and at times when you show up, I'm just like, let him handle it. <laughs> I need a break, you know, Um, but it's not any less important to Mm -hmm. also honor both because in this case, I want our children to be able to make sense of the world around them and be able to communicate Mm -hmm. with people when they don't want to do something. Because they're going to get out into the world and they're going to be people that are like, you need to do this. They're going to need to know when the time is They're going to need to know when they need to shut the hell up Mm -hmm. and do what they're being told and they're also going to need to know when they can negotiate for themselves and when they can say you know what i'm not really interested in doing that and here's why there have been times when i have been like go do x y and z for me and they have said mommy i'm busy right now (laughs) (laughs) this was my mama yeah That wouldn't have even been a Man, my parents, I would have been like, bleh. But if I'm really paying attention to what they're doing and I'm really paying attention to why I'm asking them to do it, Mm -hmm. sometimes they're right. They are. It's like, okay, I could have got up and did that. I just don't feel like doing that right now because you're, you know, my subordinate in this moment. (laughs) You're going to do it. Is that fair?
1: And I think acknowledging, and this is the huge lesson for us both and parents, is just acknowledging that, your your children are their own whole ass autonomous bipedal carbon based life forms. Like they have they have their own autonomy. They have their yeah. own agenda, their own And development. And they
0: have their own development at the age of one point five. Six seven, mm. which is where Nadia is right now, something mm. like that. Um, she has a certain development. She is going to throw tantrums. A little bit more Mm -hmm. you know at this stage I got to know that you know so I can know how to deal with that Mm -hmm. Neo is coming out of a phase where he's just whining all the time like whining 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 like why are you whining you know but I gotta understand that. I can't treat him or expect for him rather Mm -hmm. to respond like an eight-year-old
1: right and this is this is the thing we always talk about this all the time is emotional intelligence EIQ EIQ, so cognitive intelligence or regular IQ, you can't increase. Like if your IQ is a number, that's the number it is forever until you expire. The um, EIQ, you actually can increase through exercise, through situational awareness and so on. And so a child has like, I don't want to say zero. I want to be very careful with that because there are times where their emotional um, disposition can is actually much more mature than than, than uh, adults. Yeah. Quite frankly, sometimes having a tantrum and flipping out, and screaming and crying is what
0: adults should be doing. should be
1: doing. It's actually <laughs> most appropriate. Now, that doesn't mean go like burn the house down or go crash your girlfriend's. No, like it don't mean all that shit. But expression. If we, if we let that shit out. Specific and I want. It's, I don't want to make it an agenda thing, but I know men in particular like we do not like we don't cry enough. If we let that shit out, we could probably get through things, but we hold on to it. We don't. We suck it in. And I'm one make, of
0: those people though that I the, don't you express. Don't, you enough. don't.
1: And when we tell our children to stop, and it, I this is where I struggle too because I know I struggle with telling me all to stop crying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, I feel like crying for a minute or two is good, and then after that, you need to be done. It's it's been two minutes. Well, because Neo will belabor. He will. He'll cry for like forever. He has. He was born that way. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But generally speaking, um, you know, there is. It's okay to let that emotion out. It's okay to let it travel through you. I always say, as you know, um, the human experience is that of a wire. Things and situations, feelings, all that should pass through us. Um, We're not batteries. We don't store things if you store something you will explode like if you don't shit if you hold your pass gas if you hold your breath if you hold your eyes open like it's going to it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna hurt so um, Anyway, I know that's this is one of the things I know I'm struggling with as a father is how to allow for um, our children to you know express that emotion at that time But throttle it with um, a way to express it. So, like, if you get mad, no, you can't punch a hole in the wall, but you can punch the air. (laughs) You know what I mean? For example, you can't hit people, but you can go walk for six miles. I mean, how do you? You can meditate. You can meditate. You
0: can talk about it, Mm -hmm. or you can just have a hug for a moment, or you, you know. And these are the ways that we show up every day to figure it out. Because it's not half the time it's not even going to be the same exact way. Sometimes it works the same way. You can say, take a deep breath, let it out. Sometimes they don't want to do that, you know. And it just every day is different. It is different. Every day is different. It is, and some things that have helped us, I think, too. Like I started reading this book, actually, uh, oh. "Brave Parenting: um, A Buddhist-Inspired Guide to Raising Emotionally Resilient Children" by, by Chrissy Postek. Yeah, I'm, you know, we're not specifically Buddhist or anything, but there's a lot of great um, resources and examples of how to interact with your children when they are having some emotional difficulties because oftentimes we weren't raised to express our emotions or how to deal with them. We
1: weren't. I just got my ass whooped. I I literally got my ass whooped to stop, right? And so this one talks about, like, um, for example, giving, and when I was an international, or international, but a national um, crisis prevention intervention specialist, a trainer, they taught us to, you know, ignore the behavior, not the child. Mm-hmm. And then, two, make sure you give, um, uh, you know, consequences you can enforce. Because right. as parents, we do shit all the time. Like, well, um, we'll just leave the supermarket right now and go sit in the car. You know damn well you're not going to leave the leave the supermarket because you got to finish shopping. Like, yeah. you can't enforce that. We give and we do this. And I get it. Trust me. We are not outside of this. Like, we give these things just to, again, gain compliance. At the yeah. end of the day, discipline. Sometimes it's for safety, but for most times it's to get compliance because we are trying to get shit done. Yeah, because and and, and because of that discipline becomes actually an expression of parental or, or adult frustration yeah. opposed to actual discipline. So mm-hmm. and this is why I think, you know, when you and I talked at the beginning, like that's why we don't spank our children. Yeah. Um, gaining compliance through uh, pain is that kind of pain is not striking a child is um, not good. Um, I, it's not emotionally um, required, or, or it's not emotionally beneficial. It's not physically beneficial, um, and it's not going to happen here. Like well, I it just
0: continues a cycle of, of violence. It does.
1: It does. And again, then you're trying <laughs> to tell your child. So, and again, if you think about by time, if you do spank your children. And by the way, I'm not knocking anyone's parental methods. Our preference is just to not. But um, if you think about when and if you have spanked your child, it's been when you've been frustrated, right? You were actually now you were maxed out you didn't gain compliance through these other measures up until that point. And so now the last resort from from your frustration and uh, what's available in your tool bag is to strike the child. Um, We have to, and and then then turn around and tell the child, but you can't do that to other people. Because if you, and by the way, they feel your energy. Like children are extremely, extremely energetic, right? They feel that when they're getting that, that, when they're being struck, there is a anger behind that. There's an energy behind being struck. You don't but think
0: that's the purpose for people that choose to do it. They want you to know this: this man and daddy matter. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the whole purpose. So you know, people that do choose to spank, I think that's part of their their program. And
1: then, but then to expect your child not to do the same to other kids, their peers, if you will, that don't get their way, it's like, well, Johnny didn't give me the ball back, or what I think Johnny did whatever to me, so I'm gonna smack the shit out of him. Like you, so, and now you want to be mad at the child. So <laughs> anyway.
0: it's not and it's not only for like this is not about like consequences and things but just dealing with the emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence of children how to acknowledge them when they are feeling things because oftentimes we don't know how to talk to them when they're going through their moments of stress Mm -hmm. you know we don't know what to say we don't know how to validate we don't know how to support because
1: our eIQ was up here and theirs is still forming and so Mm -hmm. Our approach to problem solving, emotional problem solving, is very complex. A child does not. They do three things. They'll laugh or cry or laugh or cry. (laughs) It's actually (laughs) only two things, right? So um, we, you know, I actually was reading something a couple of days ago um, to get ready for this. Um, But it basically said that uh, the best way to approach um, working with a child or disciplining a child is to put yourself in in the mind of a child. Yeah. If you can put yourself, like, so if Neo is upset, Neo gets, Neo gets mad. Our son gets mad. Adamo Neo, he gets mad when he can't get two Legos to go together. He gets so fucking frustrated. Like, he'd be ready to, like, blow up, like, the fucking meltdown. And
0: let's just say it's also because the, the two particular Legos that he has found are the only two in the whole entire thing that don't fit the way that pieces, they're supposed to fit. He
1: gets so frustrated. But instead of him accepting um the principles of the third dimension <laughs> and gravitational pull, like he like he does not understand why he can't get these two pieces to fit yeah. together. And so I'm like, dude, what I'm in my mind, and sometimes it comes out, and obviously not this brash. I'm like, what the fuck is the problem? Like just turn the piece around and get a different piece. Like that is I'm like, what is the why is that so difficult to understand? For him his universe is limitless. Everything should be, however, it needs to be when he wants it to be that way, and that's that's kind of a dope perspective to have when you think about it. Like my son, our children right now have this like unlimited imagination, this unlimited approach to life, no boundaries. They're, yeah. they're aware of very few boundaries, so um, I need to appreciate that first yeah. before I sit here and berate him about just get a damn different piece.
0: And this is why, you know, I talk. And I, and I come in and I'm like, you. you know, let us, let's solution mm-hmm. right now. Right. Let's sit down and figure out why this isn't working. Well, guess what? You know, these particular pieces are the ones that don't work out in a bunch. You right. know, you, one of us got to be the sane one. And if it's not going to be the child right now, right, then the adult has to come in mm-hmm. with the, the sanity right. to help the child understand, okay, this is how you problem solve. Right. You know, yep. this is how you problem solve. We mm-hmm. need to know how to problem solve.
1: Yeah. It's all it's about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just been fundamental that you and I have been able to communicate on these things and, you know, keep in touch. I say keep in touch as if we're, like, across the country or some shit. But yeah. it's just like we we always touch base about what we're doing. And, and there's been times, again, inside of the disciplinary moment where we
0: are ob- not on the same we're page. We're not
1: on the same page. We've objected about how to, to resolve it. I'm like, babe, like. Whatever the issue is, whether I feel like it's too much dialogue or she feels like I'm being too firm and not giving um, one of the children enough a chance to ask each
0: other the questions. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's happened in front of the children. We try to make it not (laughs) for the most part. But sometimes it does have to happen like in real time, like, okay. Why can't he have that? Right. This, this is a good point. <laughs> why why can't he?
1: Actually, a great example. There's yeah. there are times whether it's Ashley or myself where we'll tell the child child no, they can't do X Y or Z. And when you think about it, there's really no reason why they can't. Actually, the other day was a good example. Um, we have uh, two two places where the the children can sit, and Neo wanted to sit at one of the different places, and I was like no. In real life, there was really no reason for him not to sit at the other place, other than I didn't feel like cleaning two different <laughs> two different spots. <laughs> and I'm
0: like, well. I'll just clean it, right? you know? The one, that is a solution. Mm -hmm. Or if it's very important, if there's a reason why they can't sit there and it's like, well, because they spill stuff every single time they sit there Mm -hmm. and they haven't learned how to sit there without, you know? But those are the conversations that we're having sometimes Mm -hmm. in real time or after the fact, we'll be like, hey, I noticed at dinner this happened. You know, what was the reason for whatever so that I can understand yeah. or so that you can understand yeah. Our method because we don't always know what's well, it's going important. on yeah. in each other's heads.
1: Sometimes I'll give discipline that will usurp something that's important to her and vice versa. Um, And so we have to we, we just as much as we communicate with the child, we have to communicate with each other to make sure that when we can enforce the thing that we want our child to do. Two, give our child, you know, expressive, creative freedom to move, they have to have a, a degree of freedom to move inside of whatever is being asked. So we don't. We try to give them options. And uh, three, at the end of the day, um, we want we want to get some sense of order, right? And um, you know, we always say that this in the Snowden family, mm-hmm. discipline equals freedom, and that doesn't. A discipline doesn't mean a restriction of movement. It just means be disciplined. That will give you the freedom that you need. Yeah. So. All right, we're getting to the top of
0: very top. Don't you have some questions you want to ask? I do from the
1: SGI um, inbox. Let's check out. We have a lot of questions uh, regarding.
0: Are we going to read all of them today? Or are we going to have to come back? To we
1: can do a couple. We can okay. do a couple. Um, so we've actually talked about spanking. Um, oh, how do you wean a baby? And how? Oh, how do you know when to wean a baby? And how? It's hmm. a good
0: question. Yeah, um, I mean, people wean for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I think the first is to understand why you're weaning. Mm -hmm. If you have to wean because of work purposes or Mm -hmm. you have to wean um, because something nutritional is going on, like in your body, maybe there have been times where there's a deficiency Mm -hmm. because women give out a lot of the nutrients and they're not on reserve for you. So that could be a reason. Um,
1: Aversion, right?
0: Yeah, avert like for me, I had a really bad aversion um, to nursing when I was.
1: To them, real quick, just in case people don't know
0: what that is. Yeah, so nursing aversion um, is basically when you feel like you absolutely cannot nurse your child. There is an emotional, hormonal imbalance it's like
1: an irritation right like you feel so irritated it's
0: beyond irritants it is anger almost it's mm-hmm. like I, I was I remember being in tears mm-hmm. I and I love my baby and I love nursing so I didn't understand it for myself but it was hormonal it was not something that I could necessarily control mm-hmm. um, because I was about eight months pregnant with mm-hmm. Neo and still nursing Nainu right. and I would get contractions um, in my belly when I would nurse Mm -hmm. and I feel like the hormones were a protection for me so that I would not go into early labor labor with Neo so but because I could not change the way I was feeling I would literally be in tears and I just that just not did not want Nainu to nurse at all mm-hmm. um and I had to do some research and found out like it's a thing like mm-hmm. nursing aversion happens and I think it happens for different reasons for me I think that was the reason that it was happening
1: so. so just to sum up your answer real quick is you how do you know when the wean is and for you your your response is to kind of find out what's your why and then how, how do you wean? What's a good way to wean? Give it just a couple, couple tips.
0: For me, the quickest way to wean was actually to cover my nipples with Band-Aids. Mm. Um, so that, I one, mean, the yeah. child could not access. Because I don't know if your children are like, mine, but they would be pulling on my shirts, Neo, taking my boobs out. Right. like just piss Neo off. Yes. But with, with Neo, actually, he was the only one that I've tried this method on. Mm-hmm. Um, Nenu nursed forever. Goodness she was gracious. like
1: seventeen years old. She was, four, <laughs> still. she was four.
0: actually, she still will take. She would take milk. if you gave it to her. Yeah. Um, but putting mm-hmm. the band-aids on, it only took me three days with Neo. Nice. He still kind of, you know, picked at me, but mm-hmm. eventually he got it. They were not available to him anymore.
1: Gotcha. Uh, next question is: How do we deal with child breakdowns? Yeah. So when our children break down, we do our best to understand their why. Um, One of the biggest things, specifically when your children have a higher cognitive ability, like they're able to communicate um, well and tell you what happened, um, before we tell them, before we redirect them or redirect their behavior, redirect how they're expressing their behavior, I first try to find out what their why is. Um, That's probably the, the first and foremost thing. And then kind of ask them questions to help regain rationality. So what happens, again, from my crisis prevention intervention days is during, um and adults too, by the way, this is no one is outside of this. When you get pissed off, like when you are just like pissed all the way the hell off, you start to lose rationality. And this is why you say crazy shit or you behave in certain ways because you literally have no context for what is morally okay, what's acceptable, how it may hurt people. Like you don't even think about that. And this is why. A man that's angry can punch a glass, like, or a woman can go like slash tires and pour bleach and like the car on fire. And all like, this is why this all happens because it's a lot, it's a lot. but there's a loss of rationality yeah. the fact that you can get in trouble, that you'll have court, all that none of that even matters during that moment. So, we try to ask questions, um, to level set with the child to help regain um rationality.
0: And sometimes the questions don't have to be related to anything, anything. that you hey, are, hey, what's your favorite discussing? color? Don't you really like to climb those trees out there? Mm -hmm. You know that
1: that will that that inquiry will help deviate from you know what the what the ailing event may be. So try that tip. Um, One more. Let's see. Um, Homeschooling is a whole nother. It's probably a longer conversation.
0: We can do a whole podcast on homeschooling, actually, or Um, just education in general.
1: Oh. Let's talk about this one. How does chi- chi- child rearing work um, in polygamy? So, how does child rearing work in the polygamy? Isn't that confusing to the children?
0: Um, well, I mean, for us, we've not technically been successful. <laughs> so i don't know if we're qualified to fully answer the question we, I, I, with I, rearing i
1: think we are though i mean okay. we've had a we've had a year we've had 13 I, I, so i, I want to give us make sure we're giving ourselves credit we've had a year where we've um shared a domicile um and we've had to we've we co-raised their children for yeah. a year so i, I think that the general response to that question is um you just do it um you know you Remember, children only know the difference of something when, they, when they're given, when they're provided that contrast. Yeah. So we don't walk around uh, declaring what's monogamous and what's polygamous. Like, that's not what happens. Yeah. They only know this just as it is.
0: Well, and we also, you know, raise our children to respect everyone. Right. So it doesn't really matter if it's mommy or not mm-hmm. or if it's papa or not. You need to be respectful, mm-hmm. you know, to whoever that adult is, and whatever mm-hmm. role or capacity that's yes. In. Yeah. But we expect that that adult will treat the children in the same way that we treat them, right. um, and sometimes that takes like a learning curve because yeah. for some people there's a certain way that you interact with children, and that's not the autonomy that we actually give our children. Right, right. And so there's like a reset that has to happen with there if happen there if they are not used to children who are very um, in charge of their own, you know, self. Um, But for the most part, the children are loving and accepting, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they just fall in line. They do. They're they're fine.
1: Uh, One other question that kind of dovetails into that that I wanted to address is, why do you put your children through all these women in and out of your life? Mm. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The question's a bit trite. I mean, it's...
0: Well, first of all, I mean... If we're if we're going off of what you all have seen mm-hmm. on TV, our children have only met one woman. Right. So there, it's not there's not women coming in and out of their life. And that's very intentional. Right. Unless we're serious about this woman, there's really no reason yeah, for mean, them to meet her.
1: <clears throat> Over the 10 years, there's been, a, you know, a handful if yeah. that, of women that have, um, that have interacted with our children. And that's essential. I mean, you, you want to see how this person mm-hmm. is going to interact with your children. And that's kind of agnostic to relational construct. It doesn't matter if that were monogamy or polygamy. At yeah. some point, if you have children, they're going to have to meet your person. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm not sure why people ask that type of question is if the gravity around introducing your children to another to prospective parent is so, <laughs> so different than if, you, again, if you're in a monogamous setting. The, the, the net is your children could potentially be fathered or mothered by another adult. End dot period. Whether there's multiple of those adults in the house or not is is kind of.
0: Well, I would argue that there are going to be people that come and go out of your life anyway. And they may not even be a parent. Right. Um, But we'll hold that authority. Yeah. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no. It's not like we're like, okay, this is your new mom. Be. Be. There be her children now, and right. then all the, okay, she's not your mom anymore. And like, yeah. we don't even have those types of conversations. It's right. another adult, mm-hmm. you know, that they have around, right. whether it's our friend, their babysitters. Because let's be real, mm-hmm. the the turnover for babysitters no is shit. incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: that's what we should be concerned about is how many babysitters <laughs> we had in and out. And that's because, you know, we've been transient, and obviously, because we're very specific about how we are rearing our children, a lot of people cannot. Um, subscribe to that formula and um, yeah. we're not going to deviate from that for our and what we think is our child well uh, child's well being so yeah. um Uh, That is, this is a longer uh, podcast. so Yeah,
0: I think we're going to have to go ahead and shut it down, though. We're going to
1: shut it down. I know, we can sit and talk forever. Thank you so very much, everyone. Maybe we can do a part two. (laughs) Yeah, part two. Uh, But listen, we're going to try to incorporate, because we read a lot. This is, obviously, we have, it's not even a a, a one-sixteenth of the books that we have. Um, But we read a lot, and we've uh, been able to uh, um, kind of amass a small library, and it's become our arsenal. So we're going to try to recommend a book that's going to be in line with some of the topics we talk about, and this one again, Brave Parenting: A Buddhist-Inspired Guide to Raising Emotionally Resilient Children by Chrissy Paulzatek. Um, great book. Lots of tips. It's a very quick read, um, and it's very digestible. It's dig- like a workbook it's too. It's a workbook. It's very digestive. So um, she'll actually highlight like a scenario, and then give you tips on how to um, respond to that given stimuli, right? And how to you know try it out the next time it happens, and it's actually broken down by age group, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there's some groupings in there. It's mm-hmm. not really for the youngest set right so we're just now kind of getting into using it but i started reading it Mm -hmm. prior to i think even having children (laughs) right this is one yeah this
1: is an older book definitely so yeah so thank you uh ashley where can everybody catch you
0: at ashley ashley case snowden on instagram twitter
1: that's the only place she lives
0: (laughs) i'm on facebook too but you'll have to find me on your own
1: Um, You can catch me anywhere on social media. Um, All my handles are Dimitri Snowden. Um, And then lastly, um, guys, please, if you have any questions, comments, um, please shoot them to the SGI um, direct message. Shift Gets
0: Real um, Instagram account.
1: Yeah, slide in DMs Mm -hmm. and uh, drop us a note. Let us know what you think. Thank you so very much. By the way, we've been getting lots of feedback and lots of great comments. Um, You guys are really tuning in. Um, We have over actually 10,500 minutes of consumption. Um, awesome. On uh, YouTube, wow. so you guys thank are really watching. Watch. So thank you much. so very much. Um, that's I, again, our, we're not doing this to a mass fans. We're doing it to share our story. That's all. And if we can help one or two people identify and help walk them through a couple of things, that's, that's all we're trying all to
0: we, accomplish. That we've that's done our work. That's,
1: that's all we need. So, <laughs> thank you so very much, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: See.